Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our experience, our beliefs, all these tools of consciousness that we can use to utilize and improve our inner and outer lives and our total experience with life. Okay, so this is all about consciousness. Everything with the inner life has to do with consciousness. But what is consciousness? Now, that's a question that, again, that may not be able to be answered correctly. In fact, William James, who's noted as a father of American psychology and psychotherapy, wondered if consciousness was even a thing at all, right? That it's more of a process. It's a state of being. It's more of an is than an it, okay? So this consciousness problem has vexed humanity since the dawn of time, probably even before then. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it's called the hard problem in science. And I think that phrase was coined by a David Chalmers, philosopher or scientist, who wondered how is it that matter, a physical object like the brain, can produce something like consciousness, which is non-physical, can't really weigh it, can't really see it, uh, but you can certainly experience it and you can utilize it. And that is based on the belief, the current scientific belief. It's not 100%, of course, nothing really ever is, uh, because there's always new discovery. There's always more things, deeper things, more things to find out about things, but the best that we know at any given time. I'm not one to believe this, uh, but one of the current scientific models is that the brain, that is our actual physical brain part in the head, somehow mysteriously produces this thing called consciousness. All right. So whether it is a thing or it isn't a thing, it's more of an is than an it. Whether the brain produces it, we don't really know. But either way, consciousness is something, whether it's a state of being, it is an experience that we have all the time. You're having one right now. I'm having it too. Okay. Now, it's usually defined as a state of awareness about yourself and your environment and thinking and memories a ways of processing the signals that come in through your senses, and then you can kind of make sense of them in your head, and be aware of that, being aware of your own existence. That's more or less a vague version of what a definition of consciousness might be. But it doesn't really talk about the nature, the origin, how it operates, uh, how we can know more, because the interesting thing about consciousness is the way we learn and explore and seek what the meaning of consciousness is, the nature, what consciousness is all about, we have to use our consciousness to study consciousness. 
So we're already off to a weird start when it comes to addressing this. But regardless of where it comes from or the nature of it, it is an essence. It is this field of awareness that we have, and we all have it, and we all use it all the time. Now, can we use more? Can we develop more? It's been said that we use 15% of our brains. Well, someone else says we use 100% of our brains. We just don't know what the other 85% is up to. And by brains, I think really what we're talking about again is consciousness, okay? So let's break it down a little bit, and we'll talk about states of consciousness. So if the definition has something to do with conscious awareness, that you are aware that you're in your body or in this time, in this place, you're hearing my voice right now, that is one level or state of consciousness. Now, there's all kinds of things going on in the background. Even if you're doing something uh, very focused and concentrated, using that part of your consciousness to kind of put blinders on to everything else, kind of tune out all the distractions and you're really focused. Maybe you're fixing something or you're doing some detailed work that really requires this close focus. You're not really paying too much attention to a lot of the other things that are going on, but they're still going on. There's still things going on in the back of your mind, some feeling, some thought, all these plates and dishes on the back burner, everything's cooking, all right? So at any given time, we can really only maybe work on one thing at a time. It's just that we can rapidly shift from one to the other. I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that. Okay, now I'm back to this again. And then the mind can drift and wander, and oh my gosh, I'm thinking about going to Tahiti, and it's, I wonder what the sand feels like on my, t- wait, wait a minute, no, 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 I'm <laughs> I'm trying to do a podcast here, okay, I shouldn't be thinking about Tahiti or, or whatever else I might be thinking about, okay, so the mind can wander, this stream of consciousness, all right, so that's another way of looking at it, we have this field of consciousness, like a magnetic field, that there's like this atmosphere of consciousness. It's not just in the brain. It's kind of around. We have this awareness, maybe a sixth sense, or our feelings, our intuition, okay, a hunch, some thing that we get, some notion that comes to mind, comes into our consciousness. Where does that come from? I don't know. How is it that when you're thinking about a person you hadn't thought of in years, and you go, gosh, you know, I wonder what Steve's up to. I haven't heard from that jerk. Wonder what the heck. And then he calls 10 minutes later, like, oh, that's just so random. What a coincidence. Well, is it really, though? Okay, so Carl Jung talked about the collective consciousness and also the collective unconsciousness. He made a distinction between what is conscious, that is, what we've been talking about, what you're aware of in the moment, and what you're not aware of. The subconscious, the unconscious, okay, that would be the shadow. Those are the things that we don't want to look at, stuff we shove down because it was a painful experience or something we have a fear or some difficulty in facing, okay, the parts about ourselves that we don't accept fully. And they can be good parts and they can be negative parts too. So we have this sense of what we're aware of and a whole lot of other stuff that we're not aware of. And it works on so many different levels. You could be driving a car 
on a route that you've taken many, many times. It's habituated. You have this muscle memory. You know, your hands and feet kind of remember where to go. Even if your mind isn't completely focused on the task, you could be daydreaming and still drive all the way home, not even paying attention and pulling your drive driveway and go like, how did I get here? I don't even remember taking my exit. Uh, but you did, and you stopped at the light, and you followed all the rules of the road, and you were careful. And so part of you is driving the car, paying attention, but another part of you is just daydreaming somewhere because you've done this. It's been habituated. Okay, your body knows the route to take, even if your brain is taking a vacation. Okay, so at any given time, we may be operating on different levels, different states of consciousness, different levels of awareness. You know? So the good thing, I guess, about consciousness, as mysterious as it is, it is something that we can use. It's something we can harness. Okay, we can control. Okay, I'm going to put that in quotes. We can control our thoughts. It's actually very hard to do, especially the thought stream that comes in. The part of you that wakes up and goes, oh my God, what was I thinking? Was I really thinking that? Okay, well then who's doing the thinking? All right, and if you're aware of you thinking, who is the you that is aware of you? Okay, consciousness can only know itself through itself. And that's one of the goals of consciousness is that you wind up with more and a better quality of consciousness. Okay, so to be able to control your thoughts and choose, well, I'd rather think about this than think about that. You have to be aware of your thoughts and the thought stream. That's where presence comes in. Okay, it's very important to be able to recognize what you're doing in your mind. The things you say, you know, if it gets that far, they're actually coming out and saying things or just what's going on in the thought stream inside. Okay, a lot of times we're not aware of what we're doing. And this could be self-talk, these things that we say to ourselves about ourselves, these notions and conclusions and opinions that we have on ourselves and other people and things around us, things in the news, things in the world. Okay, this can be very consuming uh, because there's so much that you can take in, but there's really only so much you can process at any given time. And sometimes it reaches a point where it's overwhelming and you're thinking about all kinds of things and there's things to worry about and things to remember and things to do and things you didn't do and fears and memories of past experiences and anticipating future ones. It can be a little too much. You have consciousness overload. Okay, there's only so much you can do at any given time, which is why it's good to get a hold of your thoughts, at least as an observer, at least be aware of what it is you're thinking when you're thinking these things, when you get off track and go off on some weird tangent because of some story you read in the news today. You know, you need to bring that back and say, wait a minute, okay, I'm thinking about this and I'm getting all angry because of something somebody I don't know in a faraway land did some injustice to somebody else. Now it's a good thing to be compassionate and caring about other people in the world, uh, even if you don't know them. 
but there's only so much you can take on and take in. And then you're consumed with that and you're not paying attention to the stuff that's going on around you, maybe things that are more important. Okay. And this has everything to do with, well, let's just call it mind science or, you know, success uh, gospel or thinking. is that if you're focused on negative things, if you're focused on what you don't have, if you're focused on the frustrations and the difficulties and the pains, as real as they are, okay, I'm not denying that you may be having some troubles. Most people do at any given point. There's probably something troubling. But if you're really focused on those problems and you're focused on lack or what you don't have, that energy, that consciousness energy is better directed towards what it is you do want and what you can be doing right now to get towards that. If you want to improve anything, you know, your health, your fitness, um, you know, your mind, you know, with reading books, you want to become better read or you want to get better at an instrument or you want to learn a language or you just want to do whatever it is you're doing in a better way, be a better parent, be a better lover, be a a better dog owner, <laughs> whatever it is that that you're doing, uh, you're probably better off spending your conscious energy and thoughts. And it's not just the thinking thought. It's the feeling that goes with the thought. Okay. And bringing these together, an idea or a thought that's vitalized with emotional energy can really be powerful. But you have to be careful because it can be powerful in a negative way and it can be powerful in a positive way. So again, I'll keep going back to this. The first step in consciousness, and it's an always a step that you need to take, and that is becoming aware of your thoughts, of this thought stream, where it is you're placing and directing and how much you're energizing these thoughts or you're thinking about these feelings, or you're just feeling again. Because again, we're talking consciousness includes feeling. It's not just thinking, like an intellectual left brain. I'm thinking this thought, and this is very logical and very reasonable. It's all the other things too, all the worries and the fears, and the hopes and the dreams, and everything that you have going on in your inner life, because that's really synonymous with consciousness. All right? So, One of the ways, uh, and this is talked about through many, many traditions, and I'll keep coming back to it, one of the ways that we can get a hold of our thoughts and be a better steward of our thoughts and the thought stream is by relaxing, relaxing the mind, slowing this monkey mind from going crazy all the time. And that's usually through contemplation, Breathing, relaxation techniques, and meditation. All right? It's not that you're meditating on something or for some particular goal. You're really just trying to slow everything down, quiet the mind, quiet this thought stream that's run amok, okay? And bring it back into the fold, okay? Welcome it back in. And there are so many different meditation techniques I will probably put a few up. Uh, I don't know if that really works in a podcast, but I can do a supplemental uh, and certainly a video on the YouTube channel of different ways 
to meditate and uh, harness the breath and to just quiet the mind. And the benefit of quieting the mind is like a still water on a lake or a pond. Okay, if the water is all agitated and it's all churned up, you're not going to be able to see uh, to the bottom. You're not going to be able to see if you're underwater. You're not going to be able to see in front of you very far. Um, and if you let it settle, if you just let things settle and you still the water, the consciousness, still your mind, then you can see better. Okay, then you have more awareness. Ah, geez, you know, I have a tendency every time I watch the news to get all frustrated for the next hour and I'm mad about this or mad about that. Maybe that means don't watch the news, but the important thing is that you're aware of that. Okay, so be aware of when your thoughts go on a tangent. And that's one of the great meditation techniques I always recommend is single point awareness. Think of a thing, think of an object, a paperclip, okay, um, a banana, whatever. Think of something and be very, very clear on that. And that's like your touchstone, okay? And close your eyes and you listen to your breath and you just still the mind. And of course, the mind's going to run out of the barn and just go nuts. And when it does, you recognize it and bring it back to the single point. If it's the paper clip, I'm going to pick something really innocuous. Um, there's really maybe, maybe that's significant for some people. I don't know. Maybe you were damaged by a paper clip or attacked by one. I don't know. Or got fired from a job from stealing paper clips at the office. So it may be a loaded image for you. But for me, I'm just saying it's a paper clip. All right. Uh, the point is when you get off track and you will, okay, that's meditation is not that you don't let your mind wander or the mind doesn't wander. Meditation is when your mind does wander, you recognize it and bring it back. That's meditation. That's developing this skill of awareness. Okay, so you're keying in your consciousness to be aware of what it does and where it goes. And then you can recognize it. You can get to it sooner and say, gosh, I was mm, spending a lot of time thinking about all this money I don't have and all these bills that are piling up, if that's a thing. Or if it's loneliness, if you're alone and you want to be with that someone special. If you're focusing on the negative, on the lack, on the deficit, on what's not there, on what hurts, you're not focusing on what can happen, what can be. Okay? Don't ask what else can go wrong. Ask well, what can go right? Maybe the next thing is going to be right instead of wrong that goes on in my life. You have to get a hold of your thoughts and your feelings and recognize them. So at first, just be the observer. Okay, you're on guard, you're on watch, and you're going to catch yourself when you start thinking in a way that you know is probably not the best way to be thinking. Okay, you can't completely eliminate negative thoughts. Okay, because there's a lot of negative things in our lives, inner and outer in the world. We're just going to encounter that. There's 101 unpleasant things that that can go on in a day. But it's how much you're dedicating to that. Okay, gosh, I recognize the fact uh, that I don't 
have the strength to lift all these boxes and carry them up the stairs, well, then it's good to know that. And then you can focus on fitness and exercise and find a way that you can get strong enough, if you're able to, uh, to do that thing. It's a stupid example. But the point is that you're focusing on the solution. You're moving towards the things that can improve your life and not focused on the negative things or the things that you don't have or the things that you can't change. All right. So I know I bit off a lot with this, you know, what is consciousness? It's such a huge topic and there are many sources, many resources. And since this is living the inner life, every podcast, every episode will have something to do with consciousness. All right. But I'm trying to look at maybe a larger view of it. And at this first going to just be aware of your thoughts. Okay. Because if you're not aware of them, then you can't control them. You can't shape them. You can't direct them in a better way. Okay. Because you're not aware, then you're on autopilot. And that is a kind, that is a state or a level of consciousness where you're just kind of going through the motions. It seems like you're awake and you're aware, but are you really? You're just sort of going by habit or going by what's known and you're not really focusing on how to maybe make some improvements in your life. Okay, so consciousness is key. Consciousness is everything. All right, you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created the problem. Okay, so you have to not only think differently, you have to think in a different way, not just think different thoughts, but the manner in which you think, the way you're using your mind, your feelings, your consciousness, the way you're utilizing all these aspects of your inner life may need to change as well. And you have that. That's the great thing about consciousness. It's just like any other muscle group in the body. We can become more skilled in using them like you could if you know, you're a musician or doing something with your hands like dexterity. You can improve your stamina mentally as well as with your body, your strength. You know, just like any other muscle group, you can think of consciousness as a whole nother set of muscles and powers and energies and capacities, different levels of awareness, different states of consciousness, and we can really use these tools, use these gifts use this power of our inner life in a way that maybe we've gotten away from because of technology and some things are a lot of technology is designed for us to not really use some of those parts of our brains. And you just whip out a calculator and you can add up a bunch of stuff. You're not really working on that mathematical part uh, of your mind as much. Uh, and that's great. We need technology. It's largely an improvement in so many areas, but the functioning of your mind, that hasn't changed. No technology will change that, okay? The real technology, the real AI, it's not even AI, it's natural intelligence, it's NI, 
it's your natural intelligence, will beat artificial intelligence if we're using our consciousness and all the aspects and tools and powers of our inner life to produce more consciousness, to produce better thoughts, better feelings, more directed towards the areas that we want to direct and improve in our lives. And thank you for spending some of your time directed towards this podcast here on Living the Inner Life.